So the party pulled uh, Hunger Games with the kids and the woke masks and the face diapers. And some of the kids have noticed, and they're actually not going to forget. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Independent fact checkers have determined that this program may expose listeners to extremist views and ideas. If you feel you may have been radicalized by this program, free resources are available including the Bible, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution and Bill of Rights and a junior high science book to remind you boys have penises and girls have vaginas. Uh, Yes, Uh, today is in fact the day the Lord has made and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And in the times as dark as they've been, it is phenomenal to see the awakening. The, the human mind hates being fooled. The human psyche loathes and will be put into a state of rage when it figures out it has been fooled and has been conned and bullied. There is a, there, there is a group of students, and it's, it, this is not that we're seeing this in West Coast cities, in separate countries like Washington State. Now, clearly, that's where the lockdown, you know, selective lockdowns and face diapering of kids is still getting pushed. But other kids are going to begin to wake up to this. And this is a great, great sign because what the party's done is it is in, in you know, surfing the wake of COVID. COVID is the excuse it's absolutely just smeared uh, its dominance all over the face of these kids. And what the kids are saying and, and what, they're, what they're waking up to is a, a not just a broken system, but a cold system. A system that clearly doesn't care about them, doesn't care about common sense. I mean, it doesn't care about them breathing. And this is pretty phenomenal to watch. It's also fascinating to observe what members of the party used to say about things. And speaking of of kids, the child dictator of Canada, uh, Justin Trudeau, and incidentally, as I'm I'm doing the, uh, as I'm going through show prep, this time it appears GoFundMe did in fact poll $10 million people raised for the truckers, but GoFundMe of course will gladly, gladly, Send money to Black Lives Matter Incorporated or Antifa or, you know, free this or that cop killer. They'll gladly do that. Pay for my abortion. They'll gladly do that. And apparently the bosses in Canada ask GoFundMe to stop, you know, to take the money. So now GoFundMe is going to steal the money. So if you gave to that account for the Canadian truckers, I think it's the 18th you have. I think it's, but go do it right away. Ask for a refund. Otherwise, GoFundMe is going to choose a charity they like. To give your money to. Uh, the, 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 the party just has, it, it observes no limits in itself. Justin Trudeau, the boy king, back in the day, this is when he still had bouncy hair. Um, and when he still uh, was still in his 20s, it seems. This is, this is Justin Trudeau, and he's talking about freedom. 
And it's an amazing thing to, to compare that this is the party interchangeably freedom is good and just as interchangeably freedom is bad. Now, if that's the case, is freedom is sometimes good and freedom is sometimes bad, then the question is actually uh, how much freedom are we actually talking about uh, in the person of young Justin Trudeau? Uh, this a clip from the past of Trudeau. This country is a country of openness, of respect, of compassion, of the rule of law, of the rights of the individuals, of freedom. Freedom from fear, freedom from crime, freedom to love who you want and not be judged for it. Freedom to do what you want with your body. (laughs) Do what you want with your what? Your body, Justin? Is that what you said? Now, what is so phenomenal about the boy dictator is he was acting then and he's acting now. Is it, am I the only one struck by the fact that so many of these people are actors and participating in, in reading lines? Now, those of us with spiritual immunity to this, we should be glad that we have spiritual immunity to this. And those of us who, who have, want other people to gain this immunity, I was reading 2 Corinthians 4 through 6. Therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Have, yeah, have this ministry. We do not lose heart. Great. We have this ministry together. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. The truth plainly. Now, clearly here, the discussion is about the truth of the gospel, but the, the part of the gospel is the supporting, the supporting rules of God in the Old Testament era of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not lie. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. And this is the part that stood out to me. Verse 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. True. Particularly in godless cities like Seattle is a godless city. Uh, Toronto is, well, I don't know, because I've never been to Toronto. That would be unfair for me to say. But Canada is a pretty unchurched country at this point. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord's and ourselves as servants of Jesus Christ. For God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Now that's, that is purely a statement about Christ Jesus, but it's also a statement about the age, the gods of this age. There was a time when the Hebrew people awoke to the reality of the gods of that age There was a time where later on people awoke to the reality of Caesars who made themselves God or didn't make themselves gods, but declared themselves to be divine. And we're watching an awakening in this country and well, globally with the protests that have been going on and been successfully hidden. If we ever have any, any question, any question at all ever about the coordination of the global news NOOZ programmers, look no further than the fact that they refuse to report the massive nature of the massive protests in Austria and across Europe and in Australia. They refuse to do it. The United States news programmers will not program people with that. Look no further than that to understand the global cooperation of this. Meanwhile, the mask theater, and I do want to talk about the kids who are pushing back on this. The mask theater is ruining lives. Alex Berenson has a fantastic letter 
from a mom in Minnesota. Alex, hope this makes it through to you. I appreciate your diligent research and, and, and truth and want to share a story. I prefer to remain anonymous, but happy to answer questions or, or clarify. My son is in 12th grade at one of the highest rated high school uh, in school districts in Minnesota. It's a district that parents moved uh, due to standards, moved to due to standards, test scores and opportunity more. My son has special needs and is also one of the premier and most progressive special education programs in the country. That said, the COVID protocols are destroying my son's first year of high school. The senior year is obviously important to every kid, but many kids with special needs won't necessarily go on to university or other post-secondary opportunities. My son, like many of his peers, will go into a transition program that is a bit of on-the-job training environment. He'll go from this huge community of friends, and they're about XX classmates in his grade, she doesn't specify, to a very small, small group of special needs peers only. My point being that this is really special year for him. My son is not COVID, quote, vaccinated. I'm very distrustful of big pharma and incredibly cautious about medications and and vaccinations. I do a ton of research before every shot, which is why my son has the shots necessary to attend school, but hasn't received flu shots, HPV shots, or the COVID shot. The COVID protocols at a school is that when there's a close contact body exposure to somebody who's tested positive, the vaccinated children stay in school while the unvaccinated must quarantine for 10 days. The unvaccinated are allowed to test out of the quarantine at day six with a PCR test. My son is now in his fourth quarantine this year. Each one of his exposures was from somebody who is vaccinated. Each and every quarantine, he's tested out with a negative test. He had COVID in August, but we're now beyond the 90-day period where that serves as an option to come back to school immediately. Not only do the vaccinated in his class continue to test positive and create the exposures, but insurance companies are not covering the rapid PCR test for the unvaccinated test out option. The only PCR tests covered are those that take three to five days to process. Therefore, being that he can't test until day six, it doesn't make sense to take the three to five day test. It'll basically bring us to the end of his 10 day quarantine period. We now have to pay $150, $150 to $300 for a rapid PCR test on day six in order for him to go to school after recent, um, after each recent exposure. Additionally, I learned that only on day one of my son's most recent quarantine, he was at home, one of his classmates went to school because he's vaccinated and tested positive the next day. The ridiculousness of this protocol, of this code of protocol, not to mention the financial burden for families like ours is maddening. And there's kids waking up in addition to the parents. And when people understand the con they will be saved from further cons. Uh, we, we had dinner this weekend uh, with some friends of ours and I was debating with my friend's husband. No, they're both my friends, but I was uh, debating with the husband uh, a little bit about the triage of people who've been lost. He and I actually agree. There are people who are so lost, we're never going to get them back. This prevents other people from getting that lost. But you do a strict comparison of the common sense and in fact, godly view of this being that God gave us these immune systems. And in this case, they're working. And in this case, they trump. And there's another study. Berenson has this as well. There's another study showing that getting injected with the COVID flu, it lasts at least two years. Pardon me, not getting injected, getting the COVID flu and gaining immunity from that last two years. Two years, and it's we've been saying this forever. So the, the, the splitting of non-COVID and COVID, or probably of non-vaccinated and vaccinated, so-called, purposeful. But let's start with this Dr. Kieran Moore, Canadian so-called public health official. 
You hear the kids following this. You hear the statement from this mother. This is such good news because people cannot, cannot continue to trust this. And so many people aren't. And the fact that there is an awakening is such a great sign for society, but also an opportunity for us as Christians to say about what else have they lied to you? Is, uh, public health measures that, that would be necessary to keep around for a while. So uh, the general recommendations uh, on distancing and hand hygiene, um, uh, I, I think, um, are, are prudent and reasonable. Uh, but uh, clearly, um, the most important one uh, and probably the last one to go will be masking. Uh, given that masking protects um, me, it protects you, uh, but it protects uh, the most vulnerable members uh, of our community. And, and he continues on, and I don't even want to play the list of it. It just makes me ill to listen to it. At the end of the clip, he says that he hopes masking will become a thing every fall. In 2022, the so-called public health officials have discovered that you can stop the flu by covering your face. With, with an item that cannot stop the flu. They can't let this go. And you take a guy like this so-called Dr. Kieran Moore, I have no, no doubt that Kieran Moore believes this stuff. Well, no, I have no doubt that he's trying to save any, any shred of believability he has, which is none, except for the 30% of people who've been terrified. There is a absolute cratering of people willing to take these injections. It's down to 1 million people a day in the United States, and those are the so-called boosters. New injections are done. People are not getting them. This is incredible news. All of this disinformation, the entire party mobilized by this, and also Berenson says that he's got um, internal hospital reports. 50% of healthcare providers are not getting the injections. Los Angeles. School district employees barricaded children in, in, inside of a school gym. They locked the doors with tables. They locked them inside. Good thing that there wouldn't be a, you know, a fire and the kids couldn't get out. They, they, they took kids who were protesting masks and they locked them in and, and, and turned the heat off. They tried to freeze them out. The cops had to come and turn the heat back on. These teachers are traumatized, but the great news is the students. And there's this. The party is doing everything it possibly can to divorce children from their parents in every possible capacity and to divide society. This is uniting parents and kids in many cases. This is the separate country of Washington State. It's a statement by a student who appears to be a senior. And he's talking to a whole group of kids. And he has a plan. And he's enacting his plan. This is the sort of stuff that will stick. This is the sort of stuff, if we had a functioning Republican Party, this kid would be speaking at the convention. He'd be given an award if we had a functioning Republican party, the head of that party would fly to Washington, Washington and would present this kid with an award. Everybody shut up. Pay attention. 
This is not an excuse for any of you freshmen and sophomores to disrespect your teachers. If I hear of anybody disrespecting teachers or staff tomorrow, that makes us look bad. We want this to be a peaceful, respectful movement. We are just trying to gain back our rights as citizens. We do not care about the teachers in the end are just doing their jobs. It doesn't come from them. It comes from the state. Now, what we're hoping is that they kick us out. This sounds bad, but we're hoping that they kick us out because they have to report that tendence to the state. And if the state sees a day where a hundred or I don't even know how many kids are here are absent, they're going to start asking questions. Our hope is, is we can get this statewide. Now I might get in trouble for this, but the plan still stands for Wednesday. For tomorrow, I mean. Everybody is going to meet at the back row of the senior parking lot and we're all walking into the school with no mask on. You can get me in trouble. They can suspend me. I don't care. We're done with this. And obviously all of you are too. Shut up. Shut up. Obviously all you are are done with the mask too. Now again, we're doing this peacefully and respectfully. If a, st if a staff member asks you to put a mask on, you say no thank you and keep walking. And if they kick you out, then go home. And if people need, ri need rides home, then some of the seniors, I'm sure we can start giving people rides home. That's about it. And so the plan is launched. This organizing, this putting back in place these so-called public servants, if we had a functioning Republican Party in Washington State, which we do not, that kid would be put in a leadership position. That kid would be brought to speak to the Republicans in the, in, in the building who are allowed in, although they've allowed themselves to be blocked from the building. The Republicans should be doing the same thing where they, they, they put up the roadblocks of the state house. You have to have an injection passport to get in to represent the people who voted for you. The Republicans in the House should be doing the same thing. In every state where that's gone on, they should be doing the same thing. The Republicans in Washington, D.C., Kevin McCarthy, stout, rock-ribbed conservative. McCarthy's from this area, or from, uh, pardon me, he's from where they locked the kids in the gym. Kevin McCarthy should be leading the mask protest. It's over. And the kids are noticing this. For the 30% of people who have been so traumatized by the party, I will pray for you. Your world is your own. You are, until you wake up, you are trapped in fear forevermore. You're going to do exactly what the party tells you to do. We talk about these kids because it is our opportunity to save this country with this little awakening. So that was Wash Dougal. The same thing happened in Oakdale. Another school had another walkout. It's not as exciting sound. It's kids walking into the school. They're unmasked. They're headed in. And the fact that this is going on in the separate country of Washington State, that's the exciting piece of this. Because it catches fire and it goes to other schools and suddenly you have now an organized faction of people whose minds are ready. 
It's time to go out and ask these kids. You caught on to the fact they're lying to you about what else are they lying to you? The other thing it is to point out is that mom and dad are not your enemies. They're supporting you. You got to hear this statement from this mother in Virginia. It's absolutely, absolutely beautiful. Hey, there are pictures of Alan from Alan Soaps up on the Todd Herman Show Twitter accounts. Um, We'll put that up on the homepage for you can see it. Alan has been working. <laughs> it's such a beautiful picture. Alan Soaps, Alan's um, art, art, Artisan Soaps. By the way, I had a conversation with a big deal radio dude, like big deal dude. And he said Artesian. And I thought he was poking at me. I said, Mike, don't say Artesian. He goes, no, it's Artesian. I said, it's not. He goes, no, no, I say Artesian. Oh, no, he actually says this. Uh, I say Artesian. So apparently I'm not the only one who says Artesian. So I'm, I'm done apologizing. I'm going to say Artisan. Because that's the name of the company, Allison's, um, uh, Alan's Artisan Soaps. So there's pictures of Alan, and he is the inspiration for this company. His dad, John, founded the, co- the soap company, Alan's Artisan Soaps, because he wanted his kids to have work. They're profoundly impacted by autism. Two of his three boys are profoundly impacted. I didn't say they're ruined by it. I didn't say they're stopped by it. I didn't say they're intimidated by it. I didn't even say they're slowed down by it. I said impacted. Because that's all it is. Because John won't have the other aspects of this in his life. His son's work in the soap company. The picture of Alan is he's doing some quality control and packing some of the boxes. When you get your Alan's artisan soaps, it will have been packed by Alan. There's going to be a note. You're going to see Alan's signature. And they, they caretake every single box that goes through. It's all made with natural ingredients. You're going to buy soap anyway. So you could buy it from the party. You could buy it from big mobbed up companies in the party, or you could buy it from a family whose son has the dignity of work. And this month we're giving $1 to Special Olympics, which is another way for people who are impacted by, I didn't say stopped or intimidated or limited, I said impacted by special needs. $1 goes to the Special Olympics for every bar of soap sold. So easy to do this. Just go to Allen's Soaps. A-L-A-N-S soaps.com and use my name, Todd, when you check out. You get that, uh, you get that special. That's Todd, T-O-D-D. The alignment here with these kids uh, and these young people, these seniors and, and freshmen, et cetera, the alignment is this. Here's the psychology. Your school brutalized you for two years. They made your teachers wear these things. They told you it would protect you. Your school told you the masks would keep you safe. Your school told you the injections would stop you from getting COVID. Your school told you the injections would stop the pandemic. Your government said two weeks to, uh, to flatten the curve. Then your government said just a few more weeks. Then your government said, oh, the abortion clinics can be open, but your school can't. Then the government said, oh, the Seahawks can play games and people don't wear masks, but you can't go to school. Then the so-called leaders, the bosses were running around without woke masks when you still had woke masks on. Everybody who made the rules and enforced them on you wasn't following them. If there was a functioning Republican party in Washington state, they would be in front of these young people and say, this is why we're conservatives. This is why we believe in limited governance. This is why we stress the constitution. This is why you do not want a king or a dictator. And that's who we are. And those of us who are Christian, 
need to be ready to go to these kids and say, are you going to believe the same party that told you there's no God? Are you? They lied to you about masks. You don't think they lied to you about the big things? They lied to you about the little things, but not the big things. And that's where I go back and I look again at Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4 through 6. I go right back to it. We have this ministry. Therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Folks, we have the ministry. Go to the young people and say, they lied to you about masks and they lied to you about the injections. You think they didn't lie to you about other things like maybe they lied to you about God? Rather, we've renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we short the word of God. So again, to these kids, folks, we don't use deception. Young people. We don't use deception. We don't distort the word of God. It's right here. You can read it. You can read the 2,000-year-old words yourself. You can compare it to history. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we condemn, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. We're telling you, young people, right in your sight and in the sight of God, we are commending these words to you. Test us. Test us with these words. Test us with the history of the Bible. Test us with what God built. And if our, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. True. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. If there hasn't been a blinding and an unblinding like this in history, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if this is the biggest awakening that's ever occurred as we build up to a jubilee and a revival in Christ's word. And if there was a functioning Republican Party, they would be reviving constitutional limits. They would be all over these kids. And to my knowledge, they're not. Then there's this, the alignment of parents. Folks, this is what we talked about at dinner. There's a splitting I cannot say it more clearly to you. There is Babylon and then there's not. The cities, and I, look, I'm sure that there are great cities left. I'm sure Dallas is still a great city and, and I don't know. I just go through a list of cities. But, um, but, but the, there is a splitting in the country and the big cities on the West Coast. These are Babylon. I'm asking you, I am begging you to examine getting your kids out of there and getting your families out of there. I truly believe God is lighting them on fire. So that it's just unavoidable to see what they are. This is a mother in Virginia. And she's speaking with such passion and such clarity about not just the woke mask issue, but about the larger issue of the school boards believing that they're the bosses of people. This also is an opportunity to remind children. Parents are given the opportunity and the privilege and the, in fact, responsibility of stewarding their children into proper Christian growth. That's what we're, that's what we're charged with. That's what, and this is the stewardship. It's an opportunity to go to these kids and say, look at your mom, defend you. Look at your mom, stand up to these powers that have wrapped you up in these useless face diapers. And remember this, it is your parents. It is the family unit who has the back. It is the family unit who stands. It is blood that stands. It is not what the party's telling you is it takes a village and then a country to raise a child. It is not as the guy I consider to be a flat pervert and dangerous man who runs the government schools in Washington state who said something, I'm I'm sort of paraphrasing here. In this circumstance, just send your kids to school. We'll take care of the rest. That's it. Just shut up, parents. Just send your kids in. We'll take care of the rest. That's not what it is. 
Listen to this mother as she makes this case in front of this school board. And by the way, the entire school board is wearing their stupid, silly, unbelievably dumb face masks. I know there are many educators who want to protect children. This goal is not different from my own. Our implementation preferences may differ, but we want the same thing, to get through COVID without harm. Unfortunately, politics leads us to believe there is only one solution, masks. Yet thousands of schools around the country have been open during the entire pandemic without masks and no corresponding rise in serious illness. There were not child coffins lined up as some educators in this county suggested would be the case. In fact, things have been going pretty much as normal. Kids are getting sick despite wearing masks. We are forcing healthy children home for exposure despite them wearing masks. And we are segregating children by vaccination status and religious exemption status despite the wearing of masks. So I ask you, if masks work, why don't they? I now, I'd now like to cover the facts. Not policy is determined by the White House, not CDC recommendations, which I remind you is still policy. Policy, I might add, that changes by the day without any basis in science at all. So here are the facts that are available to any one of you. Over the course of the pandemic, 49,000 children have died of all causes. 331 of those were COVID-related. Yet we have turned kids' lives upside down at school for what is essentially a non-risk. Let's put that risk into context. Last year, fewer kids died of COVID-19 than of heart disease, cancerous tumors, suicide, homicide, and drownings. Have the protocols, have, have the schools stopped serving hamburgers and french fries? Have we put up tinfoil on the ceilings to block power lines? Do we even address the growing incidences of suicide during the pandemic? No, we play politics with kids' faces by placing restrictive fabric over their noses and mouths that the CDC itself has said don't do anything, and it's for their safety. This is asinine. This is blatant political theater, and it needs to end. Finally, regarding that end, I need to point something out that has been bothering me. On November 15th of last year, I had the privilege of speaking with Dr. McDade for 10 minutes following the CRT town hall meeting. During that discussion, which was friendly and cordial, I asked what she, as superintendent, could do to get the kids out of masks. Dr. McDade told me that she would if she could, but that her hands were tied by then-Governor Northam's executive order mandating face coverings. And if it weren't for that, things would be different. Well, tonight, things are different. I'd like to ask you, Dr. McDay, tonight, what has changed and what do you plan on doing now that your hands are untied? I'm in fact, I'm asking all of you to step up the way other leaders who have, who have and are ending COVID restrictions by the day. What, when will you, what will it take? You are on the losing side of history Thank and it's time to make that right before these children now. We say at the beginning of the show, today is the day the Lord has made. And these are the times to which God has decided you shall live. And so we shall live. What will we do with the time that we have? With the crack? Well, I I don't want to say that. With the curtain being torn down, what do we do? It's the best opportunity we'll ever, ever have to save the country and to save souls. It's right there. Every day there's a new headline. There's major corporations requiring people to get these uh, these injections. And the mandates, diktats, have a lot of people thinking about early retirement. 
right? Well, because, hey, it's, it's, it's the injection or you don't work. A lot of people saying maybe I could do earlier retirement. If you're exploring your options, take a listen to this. Zach Abraham, everybody, uh, the chief investment officer at Bulwark Capital, to know that it is a huge, life-changing decision. Many people don't even know if they can retire or when they can. In fact, when a whole bunch of Boeing employees out in the Western, um, at the separate country of Washington, Boeing employees, contacted Zach for their VLO early retirement decision last year, most didn't think they were able to retire, but more than half, more than half of them found out that they could retire. Oh, you want to inject me? Oh, you know what? I'll just, uh, instead of you injecting me, why don't you just go ahead and pay me to not work? So look, the last thing you want to do in a time like this is to leave your portfolio vulnerable. That's why Bulwark Capital Management emphasizes risk management. With Zach and Bulwark, it's all about risk management. And Zach has the experience to guide you through the numbers and show you when it's right to retire for you. So if you, if you, if you don't, what, don't, don't want to know? You don't want to know? Of course you want to know. Call Zach and find out. 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC or an SEC registered investment advisor. In the time that we have with the crack in the matrix that's been created, we have this opportunity. As parents defend their kids' right to breathe, your kids' minds are open. The young people's minds are temporarily open. How did they get it so wrong? Why did they tell us this would work? Why did they tell us these injections would save lives? Why did they tell us it would stop everything? Their eyes and ears are open and you can reason with them. Now, biblically, we say, come and let us reason. So let's start at the temporal basis. Let's go to them and say, it's not wrong. Let's look at what they said, what they knew. They knew the injections couldn't stop the spread. They knew it didn't stop infection. They've known forever masks don't work. You have enough evidence in my COVID fact sheet to show that they've known forever masks don't work, that they've known forever the injections won't stop this. They've all known, all of them. They know the lockdowns didn't work. There's enough evidence in my COVID fact sheet to prove that 17 different ways. So sit with them and say, you know what? This is something we need to talk about. These agencies are not our friends. They knew this was the case. These are people who cannot be trusted in organizations that cannot be trusted. And this is this 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 walks a very careful line. Because this is what the leftist agitators are doing with cops. Well, cops just go out and kill black and brown people. Well, that's untrue. The statement about these organizations not being trustworthy is true. And we're not saying go burn stuff down. And we're not saying go light up IEDs and we're not saying go destroy American cities. We're saying to the young people, step back and form your own opinions. Step back from the hypnotism and form your own opinions. This is a time to go to your young friends and your kids and your grandkids and say, who benefited from this? This is a time to share the pandemic's wealth, so-called pandemic, because it never was actually a pandemic. It only counts as one because the World Health Organization changed the rule. In a recent report from Oxfam, billionaires' wealth grew at a rate unprecedented in human history. For the top 10, their collective fortune grew from $700 billion to $1.5 trillion dollars. 
This would equate to $15,000 increase in wealth per second. This at a time where 40% of small businesses were shut down. This is an opportunity right through your town. Go through the destroyed, scrapped downtown cores of Seattle and Portland and Los Angeles. Go through Austin with the homeless tents being installed. Go through the the, the retail and, and restaurant corridors of Manhattan that used to buzz all the time. Go through the areas of Washington, D.C. that are now troubled. Go through and show your kids. But in this same period of time, who made the money? The people who were on the right side of power made the money. What were you doing? Were you in school? Were you getting $15,000 per second? It's not about telling them to burn it down. It's not about telling them. On a temporal basis, it's about this. This is why your parents talk about government restraint. This is why we have a constitution of the United States. This is why so many of these problems are because of the cancer of big government and the left and then the party. And on a spiritual basis, these are the same people who tell you there's no God. These are the same people who tell you that God's a fairy tale. This is the same Google that made all this money that somehow can't figure out how to put a religious symbol up for Christmas or Easter. But for any Muslim religion, of course they put one up. It's an opportunity to equate kids with the blindness of this era. The God of this age has blinded and made the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Indeed, they have blinded people. And the end goal, and this is something to share with the young people, the end goal is control. They have their end goal when they are face masking you. They have their end goal when they force you to get shot up. God Almighty doesn't seek control that way. He already has it. This is the incredible thing about the Lord. He already has control. He could blink his eyes and disappear the world. And there'd never be a trace. Not a living thing would ever know it existed. He could erase time. He could go backwards and never have invented the world. He could go rebuild it as a cube. A a, a great big Rubik's cube. He could change his mind, go back in history, snap it all together and say, you know what? Let's let's actually have human beings be mindless robots that just believe me because that's the way I program them to. He already has the control, but he doesn't use it that way. The other side does. When the other side gets you and cons you, it's all about ownership and destruction. This is our opportunity to speak these to these kids. It's also our opportunity to go to them in one of the greatest, most horrible acts of crazy making in history. It's the party on another stage. Same actors, different stage. I'll get to that in a second. You need to hear this statement. This is in Quebec. It's the interim leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, Candace Bergen, not the actress, incidentally, Candace, obviously, Candace Bergen. She's in, 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 their, uh, in, in their government house. 
She accuses the Trudeau liberals of classic gaslighting. This is an opportunity to sit with your kids. They know the phrase gaslighting to say, do you know that there are government representatives who are calling out their own colleagues for gaslighting the entire country of Canada? Thank you. And I appreciate the deputy minister's kind words. And maybe all the horns have affected her hearing because I don't know if she heard my question. So I'm going to ask it again. Where is the olive branch? Because Canadians are looking for an olive branch. And I appreciate the olive branch she just extended to me right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Canadians are looking for. Yes. The government doesn't have to agree. They don't have to even like the protesters and, and the trucks that are parked outside. But they need to provide a solution. So could they please tell Canadians what the solution is to uh, get past this impasse? Honorable Deputy Prime Minister. My hearing is just fine. And yesterday, I heard very clearly my colleague from Hull, Elmer, who explained what it means for a black Canadian to see swastikas and the Confederate flag displayed at a protest in our nation's capital. He told us how that horrible emblem makes black Canadians question who else among us would infringe on their equality and freedom. You got to hear the end of this. You got to hear this. You got to hear the way the, the interim conservative leader comes back to this lady. Play the beginning, you hear the end, and then the opportunity to take the river card against the party to break open one of the biggest assaults against the psyche of children in history in this moment the Lord has made for us. Hey, the people who've been rating the podcasts, um, some people sent me some screenshots and some examples of some of the things folks are saying about the podcast. And I just, I wanted to share this with you. Um, Christine rated the podcast five stars on the Apple platform. I first was introduced to Todd Herman as a local radio host, later as a fill-in for Rush Limbaugh. We all felt it was a cool story to have a Seattle guy go on to Rush's show. I miss Rush, and Todd has become my go-to. It was when COVID hit that I changed my assessment of Todd, of good radio guy, to someone who's willing to say the things other hosts won't say. I will not forget... As other hosts now begin to change their story on COVID that they've always known that very early on within the first few days of the lockdown, Todd told us, and I quote, it's a swindle. He's been proven right time and again on this. What I'm most thankful for is that he doesn't claim to be the bringer of the information. He is someone who simply conveys it through his contacts in the independent data world and the great contacts he's built with immunologists and epidemiologists and the data he reads and his voracious reading of COVID data that has to be on an everyday, if not twice a day basis. The podcast, though, for me, became my go-to when Todd left radio and decided to put God at the center and news at the edges. I thought I was in for a sermon every day. I listened because I liked the personality and the truth telling. What I've learned and said is that suddenly news makes sense. Suddenly my world makes sense. As a Christian woman, I'm ashamed that it took a radio host to remind me of this, but I'm thrilled to have this as a resource for my kids. I rank it five stars. Christine, thank you for that. 
I wish there was a way for me to reach out to you. Uh, it's just a, a beautiful note. And thank you to the Lord for giving us this opportunity. That's just a quick way. You don't need to write all those paragraphs, but rating the podcast actually helps other people find it. So that's something that you can do to help the program go. Let's get back to this. This is just this extraordinary piece by the interim leader, conservative leader in the House, not the House, but Parliament. Let's start from the very beginning. The deputy minister's kind words and maybe all the horns have affected her hearing because I don't know if she heard my question. So I'm going to ask it again. Where is the olive branch? Because Canadians are looking for an olive branch. And I appreciate the olive branch she just extended to me right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Canadians are looking for. Yes. The government doesn't have to agree. They don't have to even like the protesters and, and the trucks that are parked outside. But they need to provide a solution. So could they please tell Canadians what the solution is to uh, get past this impasse. Honorable Deputy Prime Minister. Mr. Speaker, my hearing is just fine. And yesterday I heard very clearly my colleague from Hall, Elmer, who explained what it means for a black Canadian to see swastikas and the Confederate flag displayed at a protest in our nation's capital. He told us how that horrible emblem makes black Canadians question who else among us would infringe on their equality and freedom. His words are a powerful reminder that every member of this House has a responsibility to speak out against a movement that tolerates such symbols. The Honourable Leader of the Opposition. Mr. Speaker, that, I'm, I'm afraid, is classic gaslighting, and it's very disappointing to see the deputy leader do that when we are in the middle of, what, of what's going on on the streets right now in Ottawa. There's nobody in this house that tolerates racism. There's nobody in this house face, etc. We do not need to go through the, the litany of, of racist things that have been done uh, by people who clearly had very poor judgment. But that isn't what we are talking about. We are talking about an impasse on Parliament Hill. There, we, need to, we need to have some solution. There needs to be an olive branch. Where is that? Thank you. Some very, very good things she's doing of demanding the olive branch because people are on the side of peace. And it's also brilliant that she called it gaslighting. And here is our opening. Some people showed up in black flies and a Nazi flag in Canada. Do we know they were with the truckers? No, and probably weren't. In fact, almost certainly were not. Agitators from the party, almost certainly they were. But that wasn't the discussion. They cannot face what they've done to Canadian kids and American kids and Australian and Austrian kids, but the kids are facing it themselves. And this is our opportunity to tell them they lie to you about everything. This is our opportunity with this generation to put a stake through a vampiric attack on God's design of the human body. That we are men or we are women. We are boys or we are girls. That's a material, objective fact. And it's gaslighting that they've succeeded in continuing to to, to con kids into thinking otherwise. Folks with the kids whose minds are open, ask them, what was the end goal of all this? These lies about COVID, what was the end goal? To force you to get an injection. Who benefits? 
the pharmacandists, the tech companies who are writing the tech, the media who gets paid by the pharmacandists, academia who does the paid for studies. That's four of the five partners in the party. The remaining being the deep state. Guess what? The CDC is deep state. The FDA is deep state. The National Institute of Health is deep state. They're the ones who continue to protect China. And sit with your kids. What is the end result of these same actors pretending boys are secretly girls trapped in the wrong body? Furthermore, to the Republican Party, I'm watching you. If you don't attack right now the pharmacandists and the maskers, I'm done with you. You're useless. You're created by God. I'll pray for you. I'll hope for your redemption. Maybe you already have it. You just can't see this stuff. But if you're not on the attack against all of this, you're useless. Greg Abbott's been a pretty good governor of Texas. Greg Abbott's a coward. I'll say again, Greg Abbott's been a pretty good governor of Texas. I'll finish it off. Greg Abbott's a coward. How do I know? Because on the biggest assault on God's design and the minds of kids, Greg Abbott is a material coward. Governor Greg Abbott promised to protect our children from dangerous sex change procedures and hormone therapies. James Younger's mother was fighting for sole custody so she could medically transition her young son into female. Who told you you're a girl? Mama. Given the opportunity to protect Texas children, Greg Abbott chose not to bring up legislation, even after his own Department of Family and Protective Services declared the treatments to be child abuse. Tell Governor Abbott to protect our children. Indeed, I'm watching, and I suggest that everybody else watch with me to see which one of these people who's willing to take on the party in every possible capacity. And Governor Abbott, why? Why are you afraid? Why are you a coward? Because you're a coward. Because it's materially wrong and indefensible. You getting paid? Or are you just afraid to take it on? Don't want to pick the fight? Have you yet taken the step to investigate our other social media presences? We are on. Jeez, we're, 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 we're on Rumble. We're on Gab. Um, Julie has us on um, YouTube. She's just everywhere. I don't put enough content up. I need to do that. But today, make sure that you're on our Substack. The Substack link is in the podcast notes. Substack is becoming the best way for us to communicate with you after, after what happened with the, uh, the MailChimp people. So make sure that you subscribe to the Substack blog. You'll get the show notes sent to you automatically every day. Just about the same time the show comes out, you'll have the complete show notes. I do want to take this opportunity in a personal note sense to respond to a note from Scott on Twitter. Scott sent me a direct message on Twitter and it's a challenge to me, a direct challenge to me. It's a direct challenge to my faith. So I hope to communicate it, first of all, from a perspective of logic that been then from a perspective of personal interactions that to me prove the presence of the Holy Spirit, which is a Christian phenomena or a a Christian explanation. I should say it's a godly phenomena. Scott writes, okay, challenge. Why would a God that loves all children only talk to a very few in a large world? 
All Chinese, all European, all India, all Indian nations left out millions more than when, uh, where Jesus took foot. So the Jesus need a thing needs to expand. We love our truth and honestly, and so did Muhammad before he was corrupted and became a, um, by today's standard, a warlord. Pre, please read his early writing. Not sure on Far Eastern, but I believe you would basically agree with their values there. I'm not knocking Christianity. If God spoke, he spoke. I've been told not to walk in mosques from military leadership. We walked in mosques, boots on, peeked in mostly, Middle East, Kuwait, Iraq, the love those guys have for God, the formality of their religion is insane. It's a need, as you say, to go home. Well said. Now, except it's not home. And I appreciate the note and I appreciate the challenge. So let's start at the very beginning. Why would God that loves all the world speak to such a, a small few? He didn't. He didn't. That never happened. God is known worldwide. He started speaking to a select few. And then he had them speak. Because God entered them. And in the person of Christ, and as Christ left and announced the presence of the Holy Spirit, people who accepted Christ Jesus got the Holy Spirit within them. And when you're truly converted and truly a Jesus needer and you have fully taken submission and recognized Jesus Christ as king of your life, you have the Holy Spirit. And at that point, God is speaking through you at times. You're living in the spirit. God simply chose another way to speak. In the early days, he spoke through the prophets. He spoke through signs and wonders and the prophets. Then he spoke through Christ Jesus. And then he spoke through the apostles. And then through the apostles, he spoke through you and I. He didn't ever stop. In fact, he did the smartest thing because he's God. He created a bunch of people who are a broken mirrored image of him, but out passionately through the act of love, spreading his word. So that's a misnomer. Incidentally, the apostle Paul traveled very near to China. I mean, he went all over. Yeah, but that's the, the point is that it didn't ever was never God's plan, nor did it ever occur that it was just some people. He just changed how he communicated with people. And I've read the early writings of Muhammad. I've read the Quran. And I do understand that the time basis that when he gained power, he became a brutal murderer. He became a brutal killer. He became a rapist and brutal killer. If that's your observation of God, I, I don't get it. I don't look at a planet where we've been given everything we need, where we've been given food and water, where we've been given heat and the ability to create heat, where we've been given the ability to steward things for our benefit. I don't look at that as an act of cruelty. Well, but there's, there's cruel deaths and people die cruel deaths. Yes, they do. And they have beautiful freedom. I don't see any freedom in, in, in Islam as employed by Muhammad convert or get your head cut off. Yeah, there's a lot of people who are adherents to that. But I don't see any freedom in that. And the God that I worship is pro-freedom and pro-responsibility. The God I worship doesn't force anybody to convert. So we're just at a complete difference here. I don't see these, these religions equated at all other than the Abrahamic roots. I don't see, I see one reflecting the God I observe in the order of the universe and the ability and capacity people have to choose. That's what I see. 
And in terms of the formality of religion, dogma is dogma. Formality is formality. I'm talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within a person, Scott. So I just see this completely differently. And have you ever felt the Spirit? Have you ever felt the Spirit? I felt the Spirit. I felt it in the oddest ways. I've often told the story of that, that, that huge cab driver who dropped me off at O'Hare Airport on one of the worst days of my life and embraced me because he too had been through a family challenge with his daughter. And he was a giant, six, eight, massive. I felt like a little baby in his arms. I'd only met him that day. He'd given me a ride twice. And he embraced me in the name of God Almighty. I felt it another time, another airport. God is in the strangest places. A woman was, was working for the Department of Homeland Security and doing her job. And I, and I hate the security theater. I hate it. But she's doing her job and she's getting paid. And she was a really large woman and a black lady. So it was the guy, and interestingly, so was the cab driver in Chicago. Big, big enormous giant of a black man from Africa. No, truly from Africa. He, was, he said, you know, I was a doctor there. I'm a cab driver here. His wife was getting her, uh, her credentials back. He hoped to get his. This lady was working in the airport and a guy just dressed her down, screamed in her face. And he's lucky he didn't get arrested. And I felt something in me. I did. It was the spirit. I felt called to look her in the eye and I struggled to make eye contact with her. I didn't want to wave at her because they didn't want to cause an, you know, I didn't want to appear to be a threat. I, I made such an effort. Please, 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 ma'am, look my way, look my way. She looked at me and she caught my eye and I smiled. I said, sister, Jesus loves you so much. And her face lit up. And she said, oh yes, baby. He loves me and he loves you. And the people around us in unchurched, God-hating Seattle were really uncomfortable. I went through and got my stuff out of the uh, security and out of the scanner. And she was there to meet me. And she embraced me. She embraced me right there in the airport. She said, I needed that so much. I needed that so much. I said, you're just doing your job and God loves you so much. And she goes, oh, he loves you too. Who could, who could I pray for? Just. Pray that I get home. I hate flying. I'll pray it. I'll pray it. I'll pray it right now that you get home. That's not just a search for home. That's the presence of something in us today. And Scott, I would just end on this by saying that there's a great misunderstanding from people in, in, in the minds of people who do not have the spirit within them is that Christians are just, you know, wanting heaven insurance. Or that it's all about the afterlife. No, it's about this life. It's about living with the spirit in you. So, brother, I appreciate the note. Appreciate the challenge. Obviously, appreciate you listening to the show. This is the Todd Herman Show. We do put God at the center, politics at the edges. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And yes, yes, yes. In fact, be right with God.